1: The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation.
0: What's up, everybody? I'm Najee Adams.
1: And I'm um, Hunter Jacobs. And you're
0: listening to the Hoop Ball Nets podcast. So, we are back. I feel like it's been a very, very long time since the last time the both of us recorded. I don't even know. It's probably been like two weeks or something like that. But, um, obviously, the elephant in the room. Um, Kobe Bryant passed away this past Sunday, along with his daughter, Gigi, and seven other people in a tragic helicopter crash, which is still crazy to say and so like i've been out of commission for like the past three days still doesn't really feel right to talk like that's why i wrote an article because it didn't feel right to talk about on a podcast like i couldn't put my words into words (laughs) so that's another reason why we didn't record for a little while but um here we are we're back um we're gonna talk about the Nets. We're gonna talk about the All Star Game, but before we get into all that, we just want to like give a, some sort of tribute to Kobe in some sort of way. Um, so I was, I still am. Obviously, uh, if you don't know, I'm a Lakers fan. I still love the Nets. Still love to talk about the Nets. I live in New York, so the Nets are my favorite New York team. But I'm a Lakers fan through and through, and so obviously the death of Kobe impacted me more than. The average, I don't even want to say the average person because it impacted a lot of people in a lot of different ways, but it definitely hurt me. Um, I didn't start, so I wrote an article for Hootball entitled Thank You, Kobe. Uh, uh, I talked about a lot of this in that, but if you didn't read it, then I'm basically just going to talk about it here. Um, I didn't, my parents didn't watch basketball, so I didn't watch sports until like 2008 and the only reason that I started watching them was, uh, my friend, Jalal, shout out Jalal, he, uh, encouraged me to get NBA 2K9 for my Xbox 360, and had KG on the cover, and he knew all the players, but I didn't, he's a Heat fan, so I asked him what player I should be, I know I asked him what team I should be, he said the Lakers, because they were the nicest team, and then I picked the Lakers, uh, he let me win, and, uh, yeah, it was history from there, and so I've been a Lakers fan ever since, I've been beating Jalal in 2K ever since, and, uh, yeah, it's, I, so, like, my experience with Kobe wasn't as long as maybe, like, the average Laker fan, I guess you would say, because, like, I didn't get to see him drop 81, I didn't see his 2000, I didn't really see his 2008 Olympics, I didn't see like him banging on Yao Ming. I didn't see him double out to Shaq in the finals. Like there's a lot of things that I missed and that's something that I regret. But like through and through, it was my favorite Kobe memory was his 60-point game. I was in high school. I think it was our senior year. I don't remember. It was either our senior year or our junior year. And or maybe it was our sophomore year. I don't know. 2016, whenever. No, we were the class of 2016, so it was our su- our senior year. And so it was our senior year, and I was, I remember recording, I still have the videos to this day of me just going crazy recording my TV on Snapchat, and my I had it, my old phone, my old phone deleted all of my photos, all of my videos, but it kept the Kobe videos for some reason, and I still have them on my phone to this day, and like, it was just, that was one of the most, that's by far, we talked about our like, a couple of days ago, or like, a couple of weeks ago when me and Hunter and all of our friends were on PlayStation, we talked about, like, what were the most, what were your best sports memories of, like, the decade? And that was obviously, that was my number one through and through. Like, seeing my favorite player go out dropping 60. I don't care if it was on 50 shots. I don't care if it was on 100 shots. He dropped 60, won a seven, our 17th game that season, and, like, let us, like, I got to see, the Kobe that I didn't see for, since 1996 to 2008, so that was, that that was my favorite Kobe memory, and obviously there's more, but I could spend the whole podcast talking about it, and the man was just an extremely, extremely big role model of mine, an idol, a superhero, outside of my dad, probably the most, like, influential male figure in my life, and I never met him, I've never been to L.A., Like, and so I'm going mid-February for Valentine's Day, and it's going to mean so much more to me now because I obviously have to visit Staples. I want to visit LA Live. I just want to see everything that has to do with Kobe. And, yeah, like, I don't want to keep just rambling, but he meant a lot to me. And even though Hunter's a Celtics fan, I know that you respected my man as well.
1: Yeah, I didn't want to interrupt I wanted to let you get everything out. Um, so, obviously, while Kobe was playing, it's like one of those things where I always said, "Like, oh, I I hate him," but it's never it's never a true hate. It's more you hate when your team has to play him. <laughs> I was a I was. Unlike Nausea, I watch basketball forever. It's the first sport I got into. I played from a young age. I always watched. I was a Celtics fan since 2003 when I was four years old. And I was there to see the Celtics and Lakers face off in multiple finals. We wound up winning the first matchup before Kobe eventually beat us. (laughs) And he... It's like... It's like Tom Brady or Derek Jeter. There's always that one in every sport where they play their whole career with their team, they dominate, and no matter how much you want to say you hate them, there's no one that can really hate them. And... Especially after he 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 just passed, like you begin to realize all of the all of the things that he's done, the amount of positive impact that he's had on people through his other works, his Oscar, his his coaching with his daughter's team, his advice and challenges for other NBA players. Those players looked up to him, and whenever he gave them a challenge, they they made it their mission to to complete whatever he said. He, he just his words were so powerful, and, and this is probably the most influential death of my entire life. I'm about to turn 21. I, I would say he he's. His death is probably the most influential out of anybody since I've been alive. And when it happened, I was in IHOP and I was just sitting there like there's nothing to say. Like I didn't cry because there's like no reaction. Like it should not have happened. It shouldn't be real. And then just watching all the different news sources flowing in, a lot of misinformation that started to get cleared up. And the thing that I said the second it happened is I said, Gigi will be the one to carry his legacy. So watch her be the first woman in the NBA. And then ABC said all four of his daughters were on it. And I said, I doubt that's true because I heard it was five people. But then as they dug up more information it turned out Gigi was the one daughter that was with him and she was the one I've watched so many ball is life videos when I'm going to sleep on on just her playing basketball and how it compared to Kobe and how good she was. She had standing offers from from universities. She was she was going to be great. And it's like it's unfortunate that he's not going to be there for the two younger daughters that don't that won't have his training and his advice on life. like his oldest daughter has been there for. Enough to know who he was and what he would have said in certain situations, but his two younger daughters will never know like. The man that he is. So there's there's not much more to say. It just it should not have happened. It's just like it doesn't feel real. Like shakes. It's one of those things that shakes the world and it makes everyone just appreciate things a little more.
0: Like I still think like out of nowhere Kobe's gonna tweet like like I'm fine, but like he 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 won't, and that's why it's crazy to talk about him in the past tense because you look at him like someone that shit like is not supposed to die like who knew Kobe? like who knew kobe could die like obviously you know he's human but like he didn't feel human and it's cr- like i watch highlights and i'm like damn, like damn like this man is no longer with us like that is insane and like to see the impact that he's left on so many athletes that you did not even know like people coming out of Coming on Twitter, talking about their Kobe stories. Like everybody has a Kobe story about how he just met them one time, like left them a note, like did all of this crazy stuff, like that you didn't even know. And I just feel like, like this will be like people will remember this for the rest. of... I know I will remember this for the rest of my life. Like Kobe Bryant is is dead. Like it doesn't does not feel right to say, but. We're going to go to break real quick, and when we get back, we'll get to all the nitty-gritty net stuff and come back on a lighter note. What's up, Nets fans? It's your boy Najee, and I'm here to talk to you about a new promotion that we've got going on, a new partnership that we're very excited about with my bookie. Christmas has come and gone, but the Super Bowl is quickly approaching. We've seen just what our teams are capable of this season, and now it's time to get your last bets in before the Bowl 49ers versus Chiefs. Who are you rocking with? Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid, and Tyreek Hill? Or Richard Sherman, Jimmy Garoppolo, Tevin Coleman? And Emmanuel Sanders. Whoever it is, I bet you have a feeling. Head over to mybookie.ag to make your predictions a reality. My Bookie is one of the most trusted in the industry. If you're looking for a sports book to make some bets for the bowl games, My Bookie is where you want to go. Football not your thing? No worries, my has got it all from the NBA to the Premier League. They've got the fastest payouts, the best promotions, and a very helpful 24-7 customer service team. What else could you ask for? You can even Pool your bets together for a bigger payout. Let's say you've got a couple of big favorites this week. Parlay wagers lets you bet multiple games together, and if they all come through, you win big. MyBookie has more lines and better odds for the player than any other sports book around. And if you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to a thousand dollars. That means if you deposit two thousand, you get an extra thousand in free money to play with. Who doesn't love free money? All you have to do is use our promo code TODAY, that's T-O-D-A-Y to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code TODAY T-O-D-A-Y to get your extra cash on MyBookie. Bet. Win. Get paid. So we're back. Um, we're back to talk about the Nets. Back to talk about uh, the all-star festivities that shall be happening Valentine's Day weekend while I'll be in LA. And uh, yeah, we so we're gonna go over the Nets last three games because I feel like those are the most important. Um wait, actually Hunter, do you wanna answer the question first about the big man?
1: Oh uh, yes, so <laughs> after my solo episode I received a question on Twitter regarding my thoughts on Nicholas Claxton and how well he had played while uh deandre jordan was down because i was discussing the terrible on off-court numbers of deandre jordan claxton also has horrible on off-court numbers but his is on a much smaller sample size so it's really not fair to even use that number but as well as, i will say he took the he made the most of his minutes and I think he does have a bright future with the Nets, but it's not now. I mean, actually, it's hard to say whether he has a bright future with the Nets because DeAndre Jordan signed for four years.
0: I mean, I, th- I think that Kyrie they'll. And
1: Katie.
0: I think and that they'll phase him out of, like in like year three.
1: I don't think if, he's going to be if they do decide to do that, and Claxton develops. I do think he he will be a solid role player. I don't think he'll ever be a player that falls out of the league.
0: Well, think you still got Jared Allen.
1: Well, yeah, he's not going to start. That's why I said role player. That's tough.
0: I, I still don't. I still don't know what Jared Allen is. Like I don't know what his ceiling is.
1: I had told you last year that I believed it would be tough for him to get much better than he was. And so far this year, he's .5 points, 1.4 rebounds better, .2 assists worse, and .1 block worse per game. But he's shooting uh, about 6% better from the field and in one more minute per game he he his max is a base double double about to me his max is like a 15 and 11
0: i I, uh, I think his max like we're talking prime jared allen here i think he could be like a like a 18 and 12 with two blocks type of guy
1: the two, yeah, I give him like fifteen and and twelve maybe with two blocks. If he can, I don't see the scoring being that high.
0: If he can develop his perimeter game, like if he can, uh, I don't. I, he'll never be a ball handling type, or he, he'll also never be a post threat type of center, like someone that's gonna back you down and just you know like destroy you on the post. He's more of like a lob threat, get it and dunk it, quick, quicks quick dunks type of person yeah, But of like even,
1: even his analytical stats are good like his win shares are good his his box plus minus for defense is good and his offensive game has improved it's gotten better each year so he he's still he's making a positive impact for sure and I think he's gonna wind up starting for as long as he's on the Nets. I, uh,
0: yeah, no, I, I agree, because I think the Nets invested a lot into him, and they can't, they can't, give knowing give up on him, especially since he has the backing of so many fans. Like, I, I support Jared Allen. I do. I think that he can be good. I don't think he'll ever be amazing. I don't think he'll ever be great. But I think he can be a solid, good NBA player. I just think that the Nets might have invested a little too much a little too soon. But I don't want to turn this into the, the Jared Allen crapping on convention. So we'll get to the games. So they played the Pistons, the Knicks, and the Pistons. Just maybe two hours ago, they finished playing the Pistons. Their first game was on Saturday. The Nets managed to win 121 to 111, making them, well, total right now, what are they, 20 and 25?
1: 20 and 26.
0: 20 and 26. And so, in this game versus the Pistons, the first matchup versus the Pistons, uh, Kyrie dropped 45. (laughs) He basically destroyed the Pistons all on his own, Uh, like... It was a pretty pretty dominant showing from Kyrie Irving, Uncle Drew.
1: Yeah, that's one of those games where Kyrie takes over. No one else has more than 15. Well, Joe Harris had 16, but that's one of the games where it's Kyrie's game. He takes 30 shots. So no one else takes more than 13.
0: He took 30 shots and knocked down exactly 15 of them. He was five for – I mean, it was a pretty good game.
1: Like, he yeah, shot, it's a, it was a fifty forty ninety game I he was just was about to say that I one. was just
0: about to say that
1: five of twelve from three the
0: nets as a team they they, uh, they lost a turnover battle they won the rebound battle by three.
1: Well, the turnovers. It's just that they couldn't force turnovers. They only had ten. Yeah, they.
0: But their opponent only had eight. So there's that. They did shoot better from the field. They shot forty-four point seven percent. Yeah, they shot real. They shot really, really, really good from the free throw line, which is, which is good for the Nets. It's new for the Nets. We need that from the Nets. They shot twenty-two of twenty-five from the free throw line, eighty-eight percent. While hold well, do you really hold an opponent to shooting bad from the free throw line? The Pistons went twelve of eighteen, so they took eighteen free throws. The Nets took twenty five. The Pistons did shoot better from the three point line, but not by much. They shot thirty seven point one percent, while the Nets shot thirty five point seven. When we look at the Pistons box score, Derrick Rose, the man, the myth, the legend. Mr. Derrick Rose dropped 20. He's having
1: a great season. He's
0: a monster. Even tonight. Even tonight against him, he was killing. He had 27, 4, and 6 on 10 of 22 shooting. He knocked down two threes, knocked down all five of his free throws. This is probably Derrick Rose's best season since his MVP year.
1: Andre Drummond had 20 points on 20 shots with 21 rebounds. Yeah, he had a 20-20 <laughs> He had a 20-20 game in 40
0: minutes. Uh, Sekou Doumbouya, he had a, approximately zero points. <laughs> yeah, he, he was 0 for 5 from the field, 0 for 2 from 3. Didn't attempt a free throw. He had more turnovers than he had points. And then uh, Sfi uh former Laker, 37 minutes, 19 points, 7 of 15 from the field, 3 of 8 from 3. Five rebounds, three assists, one steal. Bruce Brown, 17 points. The Pistons have a whole bunch of guys that nobody, a casual NBA fan would not know. That's just over here averaging 15. (laughs) like, Just because they have so much like opportunity to shoot the ball because the Pistons are very bad. And then outside of that, the only player on their bench that scored in the double digits was Christian Wood. Played 21 minutes, 10 points, or four of nine shooting with four rebounds.
1: Yeah, as soon as Blake Griffin was down, you kind of knew their season was over. So, I don't think their season well was going. Let uh, Derek Rose get the keys. That
0: season wasn't going nowhere when Blake was
1: healthy. I mean, yeah, but they could have fought for an eighth seed. Now they're fighting for nothing.
0: You're not wrong. Definitely not wrong. And so then, they took on the uh, the Knicks, the New York Knickerbockers, on Sunday, January twenty sixth. Which was the tragic day that my
1: idol and the world's idol Kobe Bryant. And honestly, I don't even want to say much about this game because you the can't games really. They do not count to exactly, me
0: exactly. Like you can't put too much stock into it. Kyrie, the,
1: the Celtics lost to the Pelicans on a day they would not normally lose. A lot of teams just played awful on this day. And then there's other players who played amazing on this day. So Kyrie
0: didn't play because of personal reasons. He was at the gym, like ready to play, going to suit up, going to play the Knicks, got the news and was like, yeah, nah, I'm, I'm not doing it. A lot of people thought they were going to cancel the games, but the NBA ended up not doing so. And Kyrie was like, yeah, I refuse. I refuse to play tonight. So The Knicks beat the Nets. I personally, like Hunter said, don't put too much stock into this one.
1: We'll just do a quick uh, Mitchell Robinson, 12 on 6 of 6, shooting with five boards. Alfred Payton, 9 points, 9 assists. Julius Randle, 22 points, 15 rebounds, 6 turnovers. And Marcus Morris, trade candidate, 21 points, 9 of 18 shooting. Everyone else on the Knicks was bad. Uh, Frank Niedokina at 11.
0: There wasn't a single mixed play. There wasn't a single player in the NBA that could focus on basketball to, in this on this day.
1: The and, only person I believe focused on basketball was Trey Young cuz he was able to perfectly nail every statistic having to do with COVID. That Brown. was
0: a monster game. That was like like oh, I don't even want to know. That's not even
1: coincidence, bro. He, he had to know exactly what his stats were and nail all of it. That is not coincidence.
0: That is pure, like, that is some next level.
1: 1% from the line, took 24 shots from the field. First player with a 45 point double, double since, since Kobe. Kobe. <laughs> like, how? And then him and Booker combined for 81.
0: On 24 shots each. Like, come on. Come on. It's uh, it's crazy. Kobe has such a big impact on the league, and so after the Knicks mollywopped the Nets, they uh, played the Pistons tonight. On the night that we're recording, which is Wednesday, they played the Pistons and they got
1: a win on a great performance from Spencer Dinwiddie, who took over late in the game.
0: His new number, number what is it, twenty eight? Twenty six. Twenty six. I was so close. Twenty six. He had twenty eight points. So there we go. His first game he won was just the new thirteen number. shots too. Yeah. No, he went off. He absolutely went off.
1: Eight of thirteen. Yeah, he, for the was, field. he was literally dominating the game at the end.
0: Eight of eleven from the free throw line. Six assists. Three rebounds. Man was a monster. Played twenty nine minutes. Kyrie. Thirty-two minutes, twenty points, seven of sixteen from the field, five assists, five rebounds. He's... Amazing
1: game from Torian Prince, and he had twenty-two points, nine of sixteen shooting, four three pointers, seven rebounds, four steals. Great game. Yeah, no, it was a great overall team effort from Joe Nets. Harris. Needs to get his head in the game. Yeah, one from
0: six from the three-point line can't happen from, for your best shooter.
1: Can you do me happen. a favor and pull up his percentages, please? On the season? Yes. All right, let's see what my boy Joey Buckets. Let me see what overliable. I haven't called him
0: that in a while because he hasn't deserved it. Overliable is averaging on this season. He's shooting 40.4% from the three-point line, which is better than average.
1: Yes, it's still solid, but his overall percentage from the field is down and from free throw line and from 3 it, he's he's having a slightly worse season than he did last year
0: and so I, I don't know what's to blame maybe maybe last year was just a was just an amazing amazing year i think he's capable of shooting at least 43% from the three point line
1: yeah, I've just seen too many games where he's like 1 of 6, 2 of 7, 3 of 10. Like, it's it's just he, – he needs to step it up. And so, upcoming for the Nets,
0: they play the Bulls on Friday, which they should win, the Wizards. So, we've gotten past the, the, the gauntlet. Like, we got out of the gauntlet. We played the Raptors. The, the Nets, out of this death row – lineup that the nets played they won games that they should have won like they won the games that they needed to win they beat the heat which was a big 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 one they beat the hawks they lost to the sixers both times and then they beat the pistons both times so it's like they want they lost the games that they thought they were going to lose outside of the heat and they won the games that they should have won so overall i said this was a pretty good little death row trip for the nets and our schedule gets a lot easier. The Bulls, the Wizards, and the Suns. And th- the Warriors. 3 Four non-playoff teams. Four of what would be considered the worst teams in the league outside of the Suns. The Suns are like mid-tier bad. <laughs> like, they're not garbage, but they're not good. So, they're like mid-tier garbage. And so, the Warriors, bottom of the barrel. Wizards, absolute trash. Bulls, absolute trash times two. So, they could very well go on a nice little what three, four game streak here before they see the Raptors. I think that th- I think that they will. I think that they definitely could. I think Kyrie is gonna be big the very motivated. Is,
1: the goal is ultimately for them to not finish eighth. Yeah. Because if they're the eighth seed is basically writing off their season in four games. Yeah, they're not beating the Bucks. If they're 7, any of the Celtics, Raptors, Heat, Sixers, or Pacers can maybe be pushed to 6 or 7.
0: Yeah. Also, I remember we were speculating about KD coming back. Maybe I
1: don't think he comes back. I,
0: I, I think that this season, I don't think that KD comes back this year. I think it's a wrap. I think it's a wash. I think he's... Coming, I know I've changed my opinion on this so many times, but I think he comes back next year fresh and healthy. I don't think he makes it back this year. This, has your opinion changed on KD at all since the last time you said that? You thought he was going to come back too, if if he could.
1: I mean, they're probably going to tell him not to come back, even if he can. So,
0: If they're next to the eighth seed, I don't think he comes back. I don't think he comes back to try and play the Bucks. Like, There's no way. And uh, we were talking about Kobe in the beginning, so we didn't get to really get to our intro. So let me give a big shout out to Hawaiian House Kona Coffee Company for sponsoring this podcast and every other hoopball podcast. You can go check them out at Hi Kona Coffee. That's Kona with the K on Twitter, or look up their products on Amazon. They're amazing. Hunter and I have tried them. Best coffee around. And so let's get into the All Stars. So the All Star starters for both conferences were announced last week for the East. We have Giannis, Joel Embiid, Pascal Siakam, Kemba Walker, and Trey Young. And for the West, we have LeBron and Anthony Davis, Luka Doncic, James Harden. And rounding it out, we got Kawhi Leonard.
1: Um, before we get into our reserves prediction, um, you did you see today how Alfred Payton shoved Jay Crowder, right? <laughs> I did. I did indeed see. Well, Marcus Morris in the post-game press conference, said on Jay Crowder, he's soft, very woman-like.
0: <laughs> Marcus Morris plays nothing but games. He plays nothing but mind games with players to get them that's to be I upset. Think they'll
1: actually, if the Clippers actually go and get him, that's the smartest thing they can do.
0: I mean, if the Clippers have Patrick Beverly, Marcus Morris, uh, Lou Will, Montrez Harrell, they're going to be the... They already are the most annoying team in the league. They're going to go tenfold when it comes <laughs> to annoyance.
1: All you need is Draymond Green and this... this exactly.
0: Cycle. Really, though. Really, though. All you need is Draymond. And they <laughs> would be insanely annoying to play. But when we... Uh, do you want to do reserve Do you want to do your reserves first?
1: Um, I, mean, I mean, it's not that different. essentially the same reserves. We have one different player... In each conference.
0: All right, so you might as well do a tandem. Um, for, so for the West, we'll start with the West because the West. We both is good. have the
1: same starting guards. I mean, the same two reserve guards: Damian Lillard and Donovan Mitchell. I don't know how you can't give it to Dame. He he's a lock. Okay, yeah, Dame Dame Lock. Mitchell, they're the third seed. Conley hasn't played, although Bogdanovich has been carrying a lot of the scoring. Mitchell's their best player at all times,
0: and so Donovan Mitchell deserves his first All Star berth because I'll say best offensive
1: player. When we get to forwards, because their best defensive player is Rudy Gobert.
0: Exactly, we got Rudy Gobert. We got Nikola Jokic. Hunter had to talk me into Jokic because I wasn't really buying into it. Uh, but there really wasn't any other forward that was better than him. And the Nuggets are what? the 2 They're like the four seed, I think.
1: They are at the very top of their... Yeah, they're the four seed. Yeah. There's a game that separates the Clippers, Jazz, and Nuggets. They could finish anywhere from two to four.
0: And so there you go. He definitely deserves to be in the All-Star game because like no one else really warrants it. Jamal Murray doesn't. So we got to have some nugget in the All Star game and deserves to be Jokic. And then finally, rounding out the forwards, I got my man Brandon Ingram because he
1: I also have Brandon Ingram
0: downright deserves to be in the All Star game this year. The man is averaging twenty five. He is he was carrying the Pelicans before Zion came back. There I
1: will in, say, in the playoff hunt. Say, he's had a great year, but had Zion played the entire season. That there, there's no shot he'd be in the All Star game right now.
0: Hey man, he didn't. He didn't. That's all I gotta say.
1: Based on what I've seen so far, they have a much more balanced attack when Zion's playing.
0: Hey, if the Warriors never traded Montella, Steph Curry wouldn't be Steph Curry now, would he? These games. Hey, that's that's the same thing though. Like, hey, half half as happens, happens. When we get to the the wild card,
1: we we have two. We have different here, right? We have one of the same. We both have Westbrook. Yes, I believe you cannot hold out Westbrook. There's many people who want to hold him out. But in reality, he's still averaging like 26-7-7. and 7. Plus the Rockets
0: in the three seed. They deserve two players. And then, no, the
1: Rockets are the
0: five seed. They're the five seed? Wait, who's the three seed? The Jazz. Oh, wow. Oh, definitely going to delete that
1: twenty nine and seventeen at the five seed.
0: I still think Westbrook deserves to make it though.
1: Me too. Because him and Harden are everything, so. And, and then, then you give your last spot and I'll give mine.
0: Okay. So my last spot goes to uh Christopher Paul. Uh yeah. I don't know how you can leave him off of it. I don't think anyone expected Thunder to be any sort of good or, or like, I don't, I think that they expect them to be average and they're the seven seed. They're only a couple games back of the six seed. What? They're a game and a half back of the six seed Mavericks and the Mavericks aren't the most reliable team. So they very well could sneak up into like six, five, maybe Chris Paul's having a good season. He's sh- like, they're, they're playing well. Shy, Shy's playing really well.
1: Okay, so uh I'll tell you you're wrong, <laughs> and I'll tell you you're wrong because if you're putting anyone from the Thunder, I, I don't, personally, but if you're putting someone from the Thunder, I would put Shea Gilders Alexander.
0: You're telling me Christopher Emmanuel Paul doesn't deserve to make the All-Star Game averaging 17.2 points? assists, 5 rebounds on 48% shooting.
1: Shea Gilgis is averaging 19.6 points, 6.1 rebounds, 3.1 assists on 46.2% shooting. But who's
0: mentoring Shea Gilgis-Alexander? Who's allowing him to do this? Who is playing better? Who would? Okay, so would they be here without? Would Shea Gilgis-Alexander be having as good a season if Chris Paul wasn't on his team?
1: No. Uh possibly yes nope
0: but would Chris Paul be having the same season as shy Gilgis wasn't on his team he'd probably be having a better season so I'm gonna go ahead and put Chris Paul right into the all-star game
1: well both of them are are bullarky. <laughs> because first of all I'd put John Morant over both of them but that's not who I have either it was very hard for me to hold John Morant out of the all-star game by the way I love John Morant I'm a big. It was hard for me to hold D'Angelo Russell out of the game, but he hasn't played
0: that's enough games.
1: he hasn't. That, that's okay,
0: shut your mouth. Because that's he,
1: nonsense.
0: He hasn't played stop enough games. Speaking, stop speaking. He's this averaging twenty-four let's, let's six and four. Record. He's averaging twenty-four six and
1: four. You might as well put Towns in the game too, right? Hey, he deserves it if he played more games. Yeah, I want, I would obviously like to put Cat, but he only played 30 games. They're not going to put him in, probably. This man, John Morant, is, is almost 50-40-90 as a rookie. Well, right, he's almost 50-40-80. But you can't give it to him yet. You have to give it to Devin Booker. It's hard Devin to hold Booker. someone. Devin Booker. Is averaging 27, 4, and 6 on 51% shooting. If you didn't know. And somehow the Suns are, let me break uh,
0: it to you, 20 and 27.
1: Okay. <laughs> if you didn't notice, he's risen his efficiency, stopped taking as many three-pointers, and just improved his game so much overall. He's shooting 51% because he's fine-tuned some of the elements of his game that he was lacking in the earlier seasons. I think he's finally ready to see the All-Star game. After seasons of averaging 26.6 and 25 before this one, he's finally going to get in the game.
0: Uh, I would honestly think that the coaches would put in Chris Paul out of pure respect. And so... No. Next, when <laughs> So when Devin Booker doesn't make it, uh, you can sit there with a foolish grin on your face and uh, see watch, Chris watch
1: Paul. Damian Lillard get snubbed. There's no shot.
0: Imagine. That man just dropped 61. He's not getting snubbed. Imagine. He's not getting snubbed. And we go on to the East. The East, I'm sorry to break it to you, it is so much worse than the West. Like It is crazy how much worse they are when you really get to the meat and potatoes and so in the east reserves the two guards we have bradley beale no-brainer ben simmons hunter tried to tell me that it's just some sort of debate but ben
1: ben simmons is a no-brainer um i have ben simmons i don't know what you're talking about yeah
0: this is pre-podcast <laughs> pre-pressing record
1: <laughs> i have ben simmons uh-huh yeah now you do if this was an argument, I wouldn't have Ben Simmons. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to play it off everyone. I had to fight myself to put him on it, but I still did.
0: And then for forwards, we have Jimmy Butler. He's a lock. Chris Middleton, which unfortunate I, lock. About I never believe that he's that nice. I never do
1: until I look at the stats. Until
0: I look at the stats, he just dropped fifty one. Like okay, he's gonna make it. And then our last forward is a toss-up between Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, but we both selected Jason Tatum.
1: Look, a lot of people are saying Jalen Brown, and I love Jalen Brown, but Jason Tatum is the second-best player on our team. It has to be him.
0: Yeah, I would I would go Jason Tatum, obviously. The Celtics deserve two wins. If we have to put two wins, it's going to be Kemba and Jason. And then for Wildcard, it's just like, ah. I don't.
1: But we have one of the same and since the East needs a center, I'm saying Bam Adebayo. The Heat deserve two, and Adebayo has been great for them this season.
0: I also say Adebayo. And then who's your other?
1: So, you have DeMontis Sabonis, correct? Yes, begrudgingly. I I don't
0: I can't think of anyone else.
1: Look, Look, DeMontis Sabonis is very good, but I am tired of this man not being an all-star. Who? And look, until this year, he never really deserved it. And because I want to see him in the dunk contest. Zach Levine? Zach Levine Zach is my Zach Levine. 25-5-4 and four with 1.4 steals on 44% shooting, 39 from three. Eighty-three from the line. All of and those numbers to see back in the dunk All contest. of those
0: numbers you just said, and the Bulls are nineteen and thirty-one. <laughs> so,
1: what can he do about that? What can Trey do about that? Honestly, like I, I don't know, man. Look, it's not. It's not about them. It's about the supporting cast. If if you want to if you want to call anyone out, let's let's take a look at Mister Markinon. Okay. Oh no, nah, he's not good. Forty six games. He's averaging fifteen and six on forty two percent shooting. He was
0: really good his rookie year,
1: and then last like, year injuries really just, Yeah, <laughs> injuries really messed him up. And then Mr. Wendell,
0: twelve and ten. I wouldn't be mad at Zach Levine though. Like if it was Zach Levine over, like I'm not sold on Sabonis. It's not like I'm gonna die on the hill for Sabonis if he doesn't Crystal, get picked. Oh well,
1: a whopping seven points. Yeah, I mean, Chris Dunn is bad. He's in their starting lineup. I remember he was coming out of, what, Providence? And everyone's like, Chris Dunn
0: is so good. Chris Dunn is such he's such a good point guard. He is bad.
1: Well, uh, do you want to hear something about that? Yeah, tell me. So, I was a big Chris Dunn fan. And I felt as though a point guard would have been a... A necessary pick for us at the time. And and I wanted Jamal Murray. But... I am when y'all picked R.J. Hunter. <laughs> yeah, but we picked him at the end of the first round. <laughs> I know, I just remembered. So, uh, my two top selections, because I knew Ben Simmons and Brandon Ingram were going one and two, I wanted Jamal Murray or Chris Dunn. And boy, am I happy we have Jalen Brown. (laughs) Because if Danny Age would have listened to me, we'd either have, because he wasn't even a top three option. Because if it was up to me, we'd either have Jamal Murray, Chris Dunn, or Buddy Heald. I mean, Buddy Heald isn't bad. Buddy Heald and Jamal Murray are both not bad. Chris Dunn is bad. Yeah. See,
0: I'm looking at the drafts, like the twenty sixteen the twenty fifteen draft, the number one pick and the number two pick have both been all stars. The twenty six which was D'Angelo Russell and Carlton Towns. The number the twenty sixteen pick, I mean twenty sixteen draft, the number one and number two picks should be all stars because Brandon Ingram should be an all star this year.
1: Jalen Brown probably will be. But
0: but then you get to the twenty seventeen draft and it's just bad. Like like other than Tatum. There's really, like, uh, I'm looking at it. Like, okay, Markel Fultz, he's been better in Orlando, but he's not ground, no groundbreaking Josh Jackson stuff.
1: Josh is one of the worst NBA players of all time. Yeah. <laughs> Josh Jackson's a disgrace. Lonzo is, he's been- the a- Aaron Fox has been underwhelming this season.
0: Lonzo's been better than
1: he was on Actually, the Lakers, but- Not really, he just hasn't played enough.
0: Still not amazing. Jonathan Isaac, he got injured. I'm go. Oh, Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell's the only one. He's an all star. So we we got two all stars. You know what
1: I got to say for you? What? Kyle Kuzma is not that good. I mean, I think that he thirteen uh, points and four rebounds. He's been thrust into
0: a system with LeBron and AD that doesn't quite fit his skill set.
1: Rebounds.
0: Doesn't quite fit his skill set, and uh, the fact that he comes off the bench with Rondo. You see
1: Bam Adebayo is in this draft also. Alright, so the twenty seventeen draft wasn't a bust. Twenty seventeen. No, it's not cool. good. I mean, Same we got three all stars. The first round is not good. The twenty eighteen draft? Marvelous.
0: <laughs> the twenty eighteen draft we got Aiden, who is yet to be an all-star, but still decent. Marvin uh, he, Bagley. He,
1: he may be there
0: someday. Marvin Bagley's not bad, but he's been getting injured quite a lot Dunk this itch. year. Donkic is incredible. Jaron Jackson is good. Trey Young's incredible. <laughs> Uh, and then after that, oh, Shy. Shy's really, really, really good. Michael, Bamba,
1: Carter, Sexton. Michael Porter. Special. Michael
0: Porter's been coming around.
1: Honestly, in the lottery, uh, not counting Jerome Robinson, um, Kevin Knox is probably the worst player. Yeah, Kevin Knox is a bad NBA player. He is really horrible. So bad. <laughs> yeah, no, he's bad. Like, 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 bad. The Knicks could have picked either Bridges, which were the – Rumors for their pick, and they'd be better off. You know, Kevin Knox is bad, bad. And then uh, Kevin Whiter, he's pretty decent. Joshua Kogi's pretty locked Aaron there. Holiday, Aaron Holiday's he's pretty good coming around. Landry Shamit. This this is a solid draft. A solid draft. Jalen Brunson,
0: Mitchell Robinson, Devonte Graham carooks
1: and how in the second round.
0: Justin Jackson, DeAnthony Melton. This second round was filled with studs. Kostas onto the Kumpo.
1: Like all right, now you're getting carried. <laughs> <open>. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the
0: 2018 draft was pretty stacked.
1: All right, and now let's we're while we're here, let's just look at 19. The 2019 draft. So we got
0: Zion. He's pretty good. He he's good. He's good. Ja, amazing. RJ, uh, uh, he's uh,
1: – No words on that, man. You know how much I don't like him. He's all right. DeAndre Hunter. Lackluster. Uh, Darius Garland. On a horrible team. Jared Culver. Uh, I, I don't know. I haven't seen enough of him to say.
0: Kobe White. He's been – deep. Like, streaky. Like, he's been okay. He's been really good at some stretches of this season. Cam Reddish is absolute – garbage that kid is he,
1: bad he's actually been very good lately i don't trust it i think he's bad
0: i think he's bad i think he's i bad. believe you are a foolish man i think he's bad i don't i don't think he's bad but i don't think he's good you I think, are a damn fool that's such a stupid thing to say but i i think he's like i don't think he's like something special i don't think he's uh, a top 10 player in this draft when it's all said and done
1: Look, if, if you just, if you want, if you want, I'll just run, run through it a little bit for you. In okay. his last seven games, he's averaging 14.7, 5.1 rebounds, 2.6 threes, 1.3 steals on 46% shooting. Okay, so you're you're
0: fine with your 10th pick averaging 14 points?
1: In his rookie year,
0: yeah. Okay, so I can name 10 players better than Cam Reddish right now. Zion, Ja, RJ, that's already three. Kobe White is four. Tyler Hero, five. Nikhil, six. Matisse Stiebel. (laughs) What do you mean, huh? Huh? Nikhil is not
1: better than him.
0: Yes, he is. Nikhil is bad. Okay, okay, I'll give you that. Matisse Stiebel still five. Yeah, five. five. Nazir Little, six. Huh? Okay, okay, okay. Jordan Poole, a six. Shut up. Oh, my God. Come Jordan on. Jordan Poole's better than him, bro. Jordan Poole's better than him.
1: Jordan Poole is shooting 27%. Nicholas Claxton.
0: Nicholas Claxton. That's seven. 27%, bro. Carson Edwards is eight. Carson Edwards doesn't play.
1: Eric Pascal is nine. You're a, clown. You're a clown. Eric Pascal is nine. I'm the only one that you said that's right. Taylor
0: Horn Tucker is better than him. I know that no one's seen Taylor Horn Tucker, but that kid is nice. Taylor Horn Tucker is most certainly going to be better than
1: Cam Reddish. No, he's Cam not. I would, put, I would put probably. I'll put money on it. 500 bucks. I'll put, Okay, relax, buddy. I'll put, I'm i so confident that Cam Reddish is better than Taylor Horton Tucker.
0: I'll put $20 in the next five years that Cam Reddish is worse than Taylor Horton Tucker.
1: I'll do it. it it's on the air. <laughs> it's on the air.
0: <laughs> okay, deal. I'll take it. I'll take your deal. Well, there's no backing out.
1: There's it, no need to back out. Okay. I'd put Cam okay. Reddish over half of these fools. Okay,
0: but with that, we just spent 20 minutes rambling about drafts and that. We're gonna end the episode. Um, bittersweet episode, first episode of uh, the, the first episode after Kobe's passing. Uh, the next episode we do will probably be in the next couple of days. All-Star break is coming up, so we're really excited for that. Spencer Dinwiddie's in the Skills Challenge. Kyrie, unfortunately, won't be in the All-Star game because he didn't play enough games. But next year, him and KD will probably be in there together, so we can look forward to that. Joe Harris will probably be in the three-point contest. And, uh, yeah, we're going to have some good representation from the Nets on All-Star weekend. Shout-out to Hawaiian Now's Corner Coffee Company for sponsoring this podcast and every other Hootball podcast. Subscribe to the HoopBall podcast on Apple itunes wherever you listen to your podcast press this press the subscribe button leave us a five star rating and review because all reviews are getting read on the podcast and yeah thanks for listening this episode meant a lot to us and uh we'll talk to you all next time
1: this has been a hoop ball presentation